Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I should have uh, rolled out the black tie, knowing that we were going to have this very special guest in the studio this afternoon. He's uh, been a batting all-rounder uh, for Australia. I have to be honest, growing up in Australia, Neil, mm-hmm. he had one of the most mimicked bowling actions. Oh, is it? The way the right arm used to sort of come in, the left arm used to come in over the top. <laughs> so everyone in the backyard always used to like him. Two World Cups for Australia, 87 and 99, where uh, rumour has it he was Steve's right-hand man mm-hmm. for that 99 World Cup with Steve War. Uh, he coached Sri Lanka to two World Cup finals. He's worked with the IPL with the Sunrisers Hyderabad and he's also here to help promote the UAE International T20 League Tom Moody welcome to TSB great to have you here it's great to be here too thank you for the very generous uh, welcome uh, it's always nice to be around cricketing people yeah well Neil here has actually been a commentator and the batting coach for the UAE men's side for many a year so I'm sure maybe you could learn something off him you never know <laughs> you, you, you always have to have an open mind everyone's got a way Definitely, uh, obviously, yes. But but Tom, it's it's a fantastic uh, you know time to be around here in the UAE. So much cricket, so much quality cricket. Let me put it that way. Uh, we've seen some leagues go through IPL, then the World Cup, Asia Cup. Now it's just amazing to see so many things happening. And now we are on the verge of the ILT20 Desert Vipers and Tom Moody joining hands together. Uh, t- tell me, how did it all happen when you were told that? Listen, let's join hands for the ILT20. Yeah, look, it's very exciting, as you say, to have a, a, a franchise tournament here in the UAE that embraces the, the, the cricket community here uh, is really important. We've seen how important that is, uh, you know, how that's folded, uh, unfolded throughout uh, the cricketing world with the IPL, with the Caribbean League, uh, the Big Bash in Australia and so on and so forth. To have their standalone tournament here is really important and for me to be involved with the Desert Vipers is a great thrill. It's uh, obviously a new venture for the owners, it's a new venture for us all in a new territory Uh, certainly cricket here in the UAE is big, we know that, it's got a very strong following, there's got great certainly got great facilities here and uh, you know we you know, really do hope that uh, this tournament does take off, which I'm sure it will because of the quality of cricketers that uh, have been attracted to this tournament um, and uh, is something that's the beginning of something big. You're working as the, the director of cricket. 
When it comes to coaching a T20 side, generally the bulk of the players are from that country. And then you get a couple of internationals mm. thrown into the mix. Here it's flipped around the other way and the bulk are going to be internationals. Mm. How does that work as a coach when you need to bring together so many different people of cultures and nationalities? I think that's the, the really exciting part of being involved in franchise cricket is working with a variety of different cultures. Um, not only from a from, from a point of view of learning, you know, what people's backgrounds are and what their you know what their you know traditions are and respecting those and understanding those, but from a cricketing perspective, is it's, it's such a, a, a you know a a positive way to you know grow and understand you know every element of the game you know you you may have a certain way of doing things in Australia or England or wherever it may be but you know across the world everyone's got their own ideas and everyone's got their own uh, ways of doing things and I think going into these types of tournaments you need to go in with a very open mind and an open mind to looking to learn and grow yourself. I mean, you, you mentioned about, you know, com- people coming in from different walks of life, literally. Uh, that That's how even the coaching staff looks like. We've got James Foster, we've got, uh, uh, you know, Mahmoud, Azar Mahmood coming in as the bowling mm-hmm. coach. Uh, what can be expected from a, a set of coaches who come from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different countries, different set of experiences, coaching again a different set of people altogether? Yeah. Look, we, we, we made a conscious effort of trying to get a, a real broad spectrum of coaches that have got a great deal of experience. Uh, you've got Neil McKenzie from South Africa as well as batting right. coach. You've got Simon Helmet from Australia who's had success around the you know the franchise global world. Um, and the list goes on. And I think it's an opportunity for those coaches to learn off each other. But more importantly, it's an opportunity for not only the internationals but the local talent to learn from those coaches. True. You know, we're fortunate enough to to have four UAE players that, uh, that, we'll, that we'll be selecting in a draft process in November. Um, and two of those will be playing in the playing 11. So it, what a great opportunity for those players to be playing alongside a lot of experienced international franchise players and, and, and you know, World Cup winners in some cases. Um, and to grow their, you know, to grow their expertise, but then pass that down the chain in the community here in, uh, in the UAE. You've got the role as the director of cricket. Mm-hmm. How does that differ from, uh, differ from being a coach? I mean, is it where you... You don't have to have to do the press conferences after the game when you yeah. might want to when say you, things yeah. you can't. Probably when you lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go in there, boss. Go yeah. and sort it out with you. Um, no, look, it's it's an interesting one because uh, I, I sort of look at it in the way that you're nearly sitting in a helicopter now in, in the role as director of cricket. You, you put in place key personnel. Uh, we talked about support staff, various disciplines with that support staff. Uh, so you're responsible for that. You're responsible for their day-to-day operation and accountability in that in that role. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're nearly you're nearly viewing it like you're sitting in a helicopter over the top of that and passing on your expertise and advice. And if there's anything that you feel that you know could be uh, looked at slightly differently, you, you have your input. But at the end of the day, I think it's really important that everyone. Uh, takes responsibility of their role and you give them the freedom to express themselves in that role. So in the uh, ILT20, which we know is coming here to Dubai uh, next year, it's also the first investment for the Glazers family in Mm. cricket and also for you as the director of cricket. How do you think it works differently when you've got uh, American administrators to try and understand how cricket works in a Middle East market? Is there Mm. a level of education that needs to work there? Yes, yeah, there is, but there isn't any franchise uh, situation that I've been involved with certainly over the years. Um, you know, the, the owners, 
uh, and not always uh, first-hand experts at the sport that you're involved in. Um, you know, the fortunate thing with the, the, the Glazer family is that they come from a sporting background. You know, right. they've been involved in sport for many, many years and not in any sort of small manner either. It's a quite significant involvement in sport. So, uh, you know, they understand obviously how it all works from a, from a professional point of view and how sport does work and you have, you know, wins and you have losses and you've got to wear them on the chin but stay true to the course of your, you know, of your mission. So, to me, it's exciting to be involved with, uh, you know, with, with an owner of that stature, uh, and I'm sure that uh, we'll learn a hell of a lot in that process. I mean, Desert Vipers, you know, coming along uh, from from the time when the ILT20 was uh, announced, a bunch of names that we've seen doing extremely well internationally and domestically also haven't picked up. Uh, any specific reason why a certain player called Vanindu Hasaranga? Uh, was probably one of the top names in the list. Yeah, look, you, you only have to look at his record in T20 cricket, both in franchise cricket and for Sri Lanka uh, over over recent times. He's a phenomenal bowler, incredible talent. And, um, you know, to have, have someone like him on your list, um, you know, everyone hopes to have players of that sure. calibre. Uh, they're genuine impact players. And in T20 cricket, with bat and ball, it really is important you do have those impact players that can shift the game. You know, the game can be drifting, you know, away from you. And a, a, a player of that calibre um, can turn it very quickly with just one over by pick, picking up a, a wicket or two. And similarly, you've got players like Alex Hales, for instance. We saw yesterday what he did for yeah. England, you know, scoring 80-odd man of the match against Australia right. in Perth just recently. Players that have the ability to have that impact and change the course of a game are just critical. You mentioned what's uh, happened there with uh, the match between England and Australia. As an Aussie, I want to ask you, we're, we're the reigning champions. You know, we watched all the, the games out here in Dubai last year. Now we're playing on Australian pitches. Mm. Uh, what would you do with the Australian side? Would you, would you have Finch at four? Would you play Steve Smith? What, what would you do if you were coach? Uh, uh, it's a bit of a headache, isn't it? Uh, and Cameron Green sort of created well, that, he, well, <laughs> that headache. He but I think at the end of the day, uh, I, I think Finch you'll probably find back at the top of the order. Uh, that's to me where he belongs, and that's where he's you know at his very best. Look, he's had a, a tough period of time um, in the international game over over recent months. But I'd back him, particularly at home, in a World Cup for him to step up. And again, he's we talked about impact players. Finch has been that type of player for many, many years for Australia. So I think you'll find him back at the top of the order. Someone like Steve Smith, though, it's going to be hard to find a spot for him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if they do play Smith, he'll probably play a similar role to how he played here in the UAE when Australia were successful and that is that that batsman that's 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 the stabiliser you know you can't just keep rolling out the likes of Mitch Marsh Maxwell Stoinis and you know those type of power players you need someone that can steady the ship if if Australia's go, two for ten you want Steve Smith coming yeah out. it's not a bad option but, but then when you look at the sides uh, Ashton Agar's got a bit of a side strain which uh, every athlete knows can be a, a real of an, of an injury. Do you You're think speaking from experience. Well, I wish I could speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> However, could you see a, that it wouldn't be a like-for-like like replacement? Could you see if he's not fit, Cam Green coming in? I think unlikely. I think there's obviously a lot of noise around Cam Green, and so there should be. You know, he's probably one of the most exciting all-rounders in world cricket at the moment in all formats of the game. And we're just starting to learn 
that you know that he he can uh, be quite destructive in T20 cricket. We've seen obviously his his you know early early or months in Test cricket, and ODI cricket, but there's plenty of time for Cam Green. You know he's still very young, and Australia have got that type of cricketer in their balance. They've got Mitch Marsh, that's a you know batting all rounder. They've got Stoinis, another batting all rounder. So to, to to stack it with another batting batting all rounder is probably not the best uh, option, particularly if you do have an injury with Zampa, for instance, and then you're suddenly stuck with the balance of your side. Your specialist spinner then becomes Maxwell. So I think the smart play would be just do like for like, making sure that you do replace um, Agar with a spinner if 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 he doesn't come up. Yeah, he, he's come through the ranks as a batting all-rounder, much like you out of WA. Did you ever say you need to bat in the floppy hat again? You need to play <laughs> test cricket in the floppy hat like Tom Moody. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, these days you've got to be careful. You know, you, you know, there's so yeah. much protocol around, you know, concussion rules. The last thing you want to do is find yourself concussed and then out of the game for a couple of weeks. And then Labuschagne's in the side. And then Labuschagne comes into the side. You never get your spot again. You're gone. Oh, that's true. But then, you know, uh, players like these, like you mentioned, Cam Green has a lot of time on his hand. Uh, But then there's another guy who actually rose out of franchise league cricket, Tim David, and got a call for Mm. Australia. Uh, What are your thoughts on players like these who play for franchise leagues around Mm. the world, live out of a suitcase, and then maybe get a call up for the nation? Oh, I think his selection was a no-brainer, personally. I, I think he's a really exciting uh, young player. He reminds me a lot of a young uh, Pollard from the West Indies. Similar power, yeah. similar impact down the order. It is the hardest place to bat, is down at, you know, down at sort of 5-6-7 in T20 cricket. Um, you know, the easiest place to bat is at the top of the order, and that's not saying that those that are doing it well at the top of the order have got an easy gig, mm. but it, it, it is hard yards batting down the order when you've suddenly got 12 balls, 20 runs to win, right. that type of stuff, and you're expected to hit the first or second ball out of the ground. Tim David can do that. So to answer your question around him being selected out of leagues, I think that's just the the nature of the beast we have at the moment. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play red ball cricket. He hasn't been selected to play Sheffield Shield cricket in Australia. So his avenue of playing cricket in Australia is through 50-over cricket and big bash cricket. He then got a reputation to you know in that right. format of the game and got picked up by various leagues and his his reputation globally on that T20 platform has grown because of it. And Australia could not ignore what he's been doing Um, and you know players that can do what he can do and Pollard and players like that they're rare they're very rare they're very hard to walk in and hit the first or second ball out of the ground when when you look at some of those extraordinary players with T20 cricket and the power that they've got where do you see the role and, and the scheduling is so hard of cricket where do you see the role of 50 over one day international cricket over the next five ten years um, good question. It's a question you probably need to ask the ICC. <laughs> um, I, I still think there's a there's a place for fifty over cricket. Uh, you know, I have a it's definitely a, a soft spot in my heart with fifty over cricket purely because I think there's a, a real art to that game. I know that this day and age people want things here and now and want instant results, but I, I think people that appreciate the game can see, uh, you know, the players, whether it be you know batsmen or bowlers. Uh, that perfect the 50-over game. You, you admire what they do. Um, and I, I still think it's a good television product. 
You know, well, there's, more people, for, yeah. there's more ads for well, broadcasting. There you go. <laughs> there's more, more ads, but, yeah. but but I think you know it's still a good product to watch. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a nearly like an avalanche of T20 cricket, uh, which I th- yeah, there's a lot. There's a nearly like an avalanche of T20 cricket, uh, which I think is good and it's good for the game because it's engaging all different um, uh, groups of people to attract to our game. At the end of the day, the more people, the more eyeballs we get on cricket, the better, and the more eyeballs we get supporting the Desert Vipers here in the UAE, the better. No, no, so that's your number one team. Right. I mean, Desert Vipers, you know, you, you said more eyeballs to Desert Vipers. More eyeballs, you know, come through when you catch them young. And mm. that's a plan mm. for uh, Desert Vipers too. Uh, working and unearthing some players uh, at, at, at the grassroots level here mm. in the UAE, is it? Absolutely. Nothing gives you more pleasure from a coaching perspective is help discovering talent. Uh, whether that talent is young or whether that talent has been around for a while but hasn't had the opportunity. Right. Uh, you know, and that can be circumstances, that can be political circumstances, that can be just luck. You know, the sport, there's a lot of luck True. attached to sport. And suddenly with a new set of eyes looking at a player and the opportunity, you know, suddenly you find that you do unearth someone that might be in their 20s mm-hmm. that's playing pretty good cricket in in club cricket around the community here but just for whatever reasons the stars haven't aligned and they haven't had their chance and suddenly they go out there play you know a game for let's say desert vipers and perform with battle ball and suddenly oh where's this kid been well he's been here all the time it's just that he hasn't really had those opportunities so hopefully we can find those players that Mm -hmm. that that are those cricketers that have been part of the system for a while but also those you know, those younger players coming through the system and accelerating their progress. No, this is a fantastic thing. I mean, I've been associated with the game here for quite some time now. Uh, th- there is a young kid who who played fantastic in the Under-19 World Cup, all of mm. 16 years old, scored a good 80-odd against West Indies in the played final of the Under-19 World Cup, mm-hmm. gets picked for the World Cup squad of UA. He's now rubbing shoulders with the who's who, literally, mm. Of, of world cricket sitting in Australia right now. So such opportunities are rare. Not everyone gets it. Mm. But but then, you know, with, with this uh, structure that you've put in, I, I think it's just going to be amazing for more such young kids to showcase their talent. Yeah, look, absolutely. And we, we've actually got, while we're in town, we've got a trial happening um, mm-hmm. here in uh, Dubai where we're having a look at a lot of emerging players that are just outside of that World Cup squad right. that are in Australia and also some young, talented under-19 cricketers. So it's important for us that we cast our eyes over everything that's out there. Makes sense. Um, because we've got some tough decisions to make. You know, we, we, sure. we want to recruit four players that fit the balance of our side but also fit the long-term vision of the side. And how hard is it to do that recruitment when you, you still haven't focused on the internationals and then you're still trying to find... You know, people to fit in certain pieces, but you haven't worked out which pieces need fitting yet. Yeah, look, we, we've got an idea of a couple of pieces, and I'm not going to tell you which pieces oh. they are. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got an idea of a couple of the pieces that we need to 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 match to you know complete the balance of our side. Because as, as I said earlier, we we need to play two uh, players in the playing eleven. So they, you know, those two players are going to be critical to the balance of the side, mm. and they're going to play important roles. Um, and then you also need to, to, to have half an eye on the future because it would be nice to be able to pick a young uh, player that you think if we invest time in this kid, he may well be the yeah. next you know, superstar of, 
of the UAE yeah. or the Desert Vipers. Now, when, when it comes down to playing cricket in Dubai, it's obviously an attractive place to play. You only have to follow uh, Chris Gale's Instagram account uh, to realise how good Dubai has been off the field. Is that is that a concern for you? Any of the internationals might want to come here and and uh, in, enjoy some of the fruits of Dubai rather than the game? Yeah, no one can keep pace with Chris Gale. <laughs> that's, that's impossible. He's in a league of his own. Um, I, look, to, to be honest with you, that that is not an issue at all. Um, you know, th- this day and age, you know, at the end of the day, players' performances in tournaments like this and other tournaments around the world, that's their currency. Yeah. Uh, and if they're performing here, their currency is strong. So their opportunity elsewhere grows yeah. in other franchises. So they're not sort of coming here and thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be a great month. I'm going to play a few rounds of golf, a couple of games of cricket, apparently. Yeah. Oh, hit the night <laughs> live. parties. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, jump on a few boats here and there and, you know, do, no. the, do, do what you do. But it, it, there may be an element of a couple of rounds of golf here and there. There might be also some downtime. But when it comes to the cricket and the preparation for that, it's uh, very professional. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing the Desert Vipers. You know, it's going to be fantastic for the International League at T20. Uh, but I've always wanted to ask, is it true that during that 99 World Cup for Australia... Sorry, I'm being Aussie here for no, a second. Please, please go ahead. During that 99 World Cup, was, was it you and Steve Waugh that put the numbers on the players' caps? Is that, is that true that you were the one that said that, that Steve said, go out there and put the numbers on the caps to fire up the boys? Yeah, it is true. Um, yeah, we came up with the idea. Yeah. Because uh, we just felt at that time the 50-over game... Well, put it this way, Test Cricket had the significance of the baggy green. Right. Where 50-over cricket at the time had no real edge to it. Yeah, well done, you're playing a first game for Australia, there's your cap, and that was it. We thought, well, let's put, you know, some significance to that cap. So we came up with the idea of, of the number... Uh, to put some pride in the cap. Put some pride in the yeah. cap, yeah, absolutely. And then you you went off and you had some tremendous success working with Sri Lanka, which was really their, mm. almost their golden generation of players, mm. uh, if you will. Um, how did you instill that, that sort of pride in, in the Sri Lankan side? I didn't have to instill it at all. They're a very proud nation. Yeah. Um, and they're an absolute privilege to work with. They're, they're, they're such a resilient um uh, country, you know, particularly you know what they've gone through historically, and you have to look at yep. over the last few decades what they've had to go through. Um, and as a cricketing nation, they do fight against the tide. You know, they don't have the finances that a lot of other countries that may have that they're competing, but they've got oodles of talent. They they have you know talented players coming out of every corner of that little island. And could we see a few of them in the Desert Vipers? Well, we got uh, Hasaranga yeah. there, so who yeah. I love. Oh, look, he's, he's an absolute brilliant. magician, isn't he? He's, he's wonderful he's to watch. So, you know, having having him uh, is is wonderful, um, along with all the other players that we have, and we hope that uh, you know they're well supported. Well, Tom Moody, it's been an honour having you here in the studios of TSB. We know you're here alongside the Desert Vipers in your role as the director of coaching. You've got the trial on you can't say any names of the emerging talent but any idea when they'll be released close how, uh, how, how? I know it'll be all done through a draft system in no in November, November. yeah November. so yeah so we'll be We'll be victims of a draft, but we'll be well prepared. Okay, so I would take that that uh, Tom's coming back for some boat parties in November. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a boat, have you? Well, we can organise one. If you're going to be on there, I'm sure we'll be able to uh, know a few people. Uh, so congratulations on your success and thank you for joining us here on TSB. Absolute pleasure.
Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.